My mother didn't want me to use. I didn't want to use. A lot of people didn't want me to use, but no human power could produce that condition. Yeah. So, but something has. And in, and in my experience, it was rather quick. I did not get sober in AA. I got struck sober and then was introduced to AA so I could stay sober, really. Because that being struck sober, I would have been struck by something else probably in a day or two, three days without a way of life to defend me against that attack, yes? I needed something, be it a community, be it whatever, to protect me from the takeover that I was quite used to being taken over by, yeah? I was very unclear about alcoholism. Uh, I had no idea really what was going on, though I had a lot of ideas what was going on. And I was completely befuddled and confused without a willingness to admit that, yeah. And uh, yeah, incomprehensible, pitiful demoralizations, a pretty good uh, word description of what it was like. And basically, my head was really busy denying most stuff. It didn't want any stuff to come in because from its view, it would make it even worse. So I was shooting for obliviousness. Um, and then something did for me what I couldn't do for myself. It struck me sober. And I, I cannot believe it, but uh, in hindsight, it's almost been 34 years now, in hindsight, in these 34 years, I've never had a strong feeling or a thought about getting loaded, which is an incredible solution. Because if I had an urge, I was going to give into it. Yeah? It's just that simple. When I had an urge and something in my head took it to be an imperative, I was on the trail. It just happened. Yeah, I had no defense against that movement. That radioactive isotope in me, if it flashed on, I was a goner. Yeah, it's just that simple. And it was, you know, you could maybe contain that by putting me in a two-year program, which happened. And in those two years, I didn't drink or use, and I got a lot better. But that wasn't the solution because I needed to live in an institution for me to stay sober. Yeah. Now I had a little dream that I'd like to be a free range alcoholic. I didn't want to have to live in a facility till I passed away. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if that had to be so, I probably would, but I still felt uh, there was a possibility. And in the facility I was in, I had started to question, there was something missing that I felt I needed. I couldn't put my finger on it. So I talked to all these long-term residents there and they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And in hindsight, I was really looking for a way of life, a design for living, a community that was based on being sober a day at a time. And uh, I decided to leave that place and I was somewhat conscious, I hadn't drank or used, and I graduated from that program and I was easy pickings. I went back out quite quickly and went on a very bummed out uh, run. That was, uh, 
<laughs> man, yeah. I was really hopeless seemingly at that point. And uh, thank God something struck me sober in a trailer park up in Calistoga, Northern California against my own wishes. I had no idea. I'd given up all hope. I was basically just going to try to stay loaded until I went to jail or to another program or died. Yeah. And uh, something had a different plan for me. And uh, it knew that not only did I need to be struck sober, I needed to be introduced to a way of life. So it set off trains of circumstances that day that brought me to my first meeting that night under the pretense that I could stay at this lady's house if I went. So that's the reason why I went to the meeting. And um, lo and behold, I felt hope there. And it allowed me to feel how hopeless I was, really. Because when you're really hopeless under alcoholism, the head won't even allow you to feel that. It just denies, denies, denies. But when I felt hope, I could see how hopeless I was. And then the next day I went to another meeting and, uh, you know, the miracle found traction here through this way of life. It probably would have died on the vine in a few days, but it got introduced to a way of life. And I, you know, I jumped in and knowing it or not, I submitted myself to be changed and I was changed sufficiently that I can live a day at a time pretty content and satisfied and be somewhat useful. Hallelujah. <laughs> what more do you want, really? So, so uh, yeah, this reading, um, you know, the first step is the one where supposedly the only one you need to do perfectly in a way, just to tell the truth about your present tense condition. And uh, I felt when I saw alcoholism as something foreign to me, more like a parasite. Uh, and I recognized through the inventory, self's defeat of me, not so much my defeat of me. I'd already experienced that for years. But then I recognized self, this idea of self had a whole lot of, to do with the defeat, <laughs> being sober or recover, you know, or not. Uh, I had an amazing moment where I saw self as other than me and then the possibility of being free from it crystallized. And I realized the reason why I couldn't truly entertain being free from it, I was entertaining being free as it. Yeah? I was identified as self, which I humbly believe is the root of the problem. So I was identified with that which has defeated me and will defeat me and will continue to defeat me by my taking itself to be me. So now I don't, and I've been relieved of the bondage of self. To what point, who knows? I've lost interest in seeing how much relief I have or not. <laughs> I've lost interest in self being relieved or the bondage of self being relieved. I don't care much because I enjoy being relieved of all that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see my meter. What level of relief am I at today? 92%. <laughs> I'm riding well. <laughs> Who's going to be reading the gauge? That which is playing God. <laughs> Why do you want that to tell you how you're doing? So, yeah. So, yes. This is this point, obviously, is where 
you know, it's a simple recognition. I mean, people have come to that recognition about us way before we do. <laughs> Most people knew we were fucked while we were prancing around. <laughs> it's just where Johnny come lately to the information. But I mean, it hits you and hopefully if you're a real addict or a real addict alcoholic, not just a heavy user, I would imagine you're, you're going to need a way of life. It's not going to, you're going to have to have a, um, it can't be like going into a garage for two years. You're going to have to live, but you're going to have to be repaired while living, which to me is the way of life. Yeah. So uh, while you're going through that process, we make many mistakes, but we have the ability to clean those things up and we learn we can face life successfully. And basically we get to the real root wasn't about drinking, it was about being sober a day at a time. It was too much. <laughs> I couldn't cope with it. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> you know how terrible it feels when you're in it but if you see that it had maybe a role to play where you're at now you can laugh about a lot of that shit yeah because it's hilarious in hindsight yeah it sucks while you're living it but it's hilarious yeah it's hilarious that i'd go out with the hopes of having a good time, listening to my head, start at the bar, shooting pool, then copying cocaine, then going to the club to dance, and then finding myself in San Francisco jail around one in the morning. Then I get released that next morning. I pretty much do the same thing the next night and have the same results and wonder, how did I get in jail again? <laughs> I did the same thing that got me in jail the day before. I had absolutely no memory. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I had been taken over by something and it was using me for transportation. Isn't that how I feel? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, if you're thinking you're a special, unique Ford or a Toyota or something, and yet you 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 land, uh, you end up at the same three parking spaces a lot of other Fords and Toyotas end up. I mean, uh, you've been driven by the same driver, which is alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're interested, if you're new here. We'd like you to take a suggestion, which is read page 64, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. <clears throat> the next paragraph is resentment. Maybe just do a short inventory and instead of calling resentments yours, you just call them resentments, yeah? <clears throat> instead of pontificating about your fear, <clears throat> you just do an inventory on fear. Yeah? And going over all the dramatics of how you harm people in the pursuit of what you want, just the harming people in the pursuit of what you want. Not yours, not someone else's, just 
clear, yeah? And then see the difference. See the difference between a resentment and your resentment. See the difference in anxiety. First of all, most fear isn't fear, it's anxiety, yeah? Fear is the possibility that allows anxiety to grow, but it's mostly anxiety. It's triggered by the mental activity, yes? So you're anxious, and yet there's no apparent threat at that moment. So obviously that's not fear, that's anxiety. So let's be clear. And it's mental anxiety. It's not produced by your elbow or your knee. Yes, it's in the head where the problem resides. So the thought system that's telling us what to do, how we are, how we were, how we're gonna be is infected with alcohols, yeah? So it's been given a new agenda unbeknownst to us, which is to be right, which usually leads us to be alone. Yes. So, and then be right about that. So this head has been co-opted. So that which you thought should be reliable, why not? It's me, all this. The basic fact is it's not reliable. And if you keep relying on it, there's going to be consequences, anxiety, shit like that. Yes. And then when the consequences give birth to situations, you're gonna be confused and wonder why everyone's out to get me or whatever. And all this thing just keeps on keeping on, yeah? And you can't get out of it from it, yeah? You have to see you're not that, yeah? You are not that which has defeated you, thank God. If you were, it would be hopeless, yeah? But it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body because it's not you that has defeated you. It's something else in us, yeah? And let's call it self, yeah? If you can see it as not you, you can have freedom from it. And this is what we ask in the third step prayer. Please relieve us of this bondage of self. Well, here you go. Recognizing self as not you is how you get relief from the bondage of self. You're not gonna get relief from the bondage of self through self or as self. That's just the different forms of bondage of self, yeah? So please relieve us of the bondage of self, right? Please relieve me of the identification as self, yeah? Let me see what I'm not so I can be what I am, yeah? It's easy to say, oh, just be what you are, but when you are identified as what you're not, it doesn't work. So you have to first see, please relieve me of what I'm not so I can be what I am. That would be workable, yeah. You can't keep asking to be relieved of something else that you keep calling you because it doesn't work, yeah. You can't abandon you as you, you'd still be there. You abandon self, which is not you, yeah? Then self seems to be taken and you're here. Yes, isn't it true? When self goes, something is still here. When there's a forgetting of self, there's something that hasn't been forgotten going on, yeah? When you're in the water surfing or something and you're absorbed in what's happening and you've lost all interest in the story of being Paul, yeah, life continues without Paul, yeah. So is Paul life? Obviously not. 
life goes on with or without a Paul. Yeah. And basically goes on much more easier without a Paul than it does with a Paul. <laughs> but life goes on. Yeah. You're not essential. The problem resides in the mind. Tell me where that is. Yeah. Mind, is it at 828 Wilmack Avenue in Novato? No. It's some weird thing we give to a lot of activities, let's say mental processes. One of them is thinking. And there's a that thinking is infected with alcoholism, which is the, the self-centeredness of that thought system is now extremely self-centered. Yeah. It's excessively obsessed with self, not just obsessed with self, but excessively obsessed with self. So it's reached an extreme level, which it produces extreme effects. One of them is alcoholism, yeah? Where you hit a point where you need relief and you'll do anything to get relief, and yet you are not relieved by drinking and drugs anymore. You've run into the dead end of all addictions. They don't satiate. They don't. They make an emptiness feel more empty, not less. Yeah. So just tell the truth. Are you relying on what has defeated you? Yeah. And if that's true, hallelujah. Now the possibility of not doing that or not being that's available. You've told the truth. You can't change anything, yet you can be changed. Yeah. By the workings of this higher power. That's what AA found. That there was an unsuspected inner resource that could bring a freedom from alcohol and drug use a day at a time. Yeah if only entertained. So there you have it. Thanks, Paul. Well, wait, what Kaiser, one more thing to reinforce that. I think it's on page 67 when they diagnose fear and they say, well, why are you in so much fear today? Why am I in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? There's the diagnosis. So. What's causing the fear? Not fear, it's self-reliance, yeah. What does self-reliance look like? You're believing the thoughts that are infected with alcoholism, obviously, yeah. The problem resides, resides in the mind. Therefore, the problem influences perception, observation, narration, critiquing, judging, yes. We can't tell good from bad or true from false, yes. That's not a, a defect of ours. That's a defect of seeing life through alcoholism. Yeah. You could be restored to sanity quite easily. Yeah. But not through the auspices that, of that which is making us insane. It won't work. Yeah. Simple as that. And this thing has a strategy because it knows its nature is hostile to the host as a parasite. It's very clear about that. No fucking host is going to put up with the parasite of alcohols. 
if they had an opportunity, if they had a choice, yes? How the choice is taken away is the act, the parasite convinces the host that it's the parasite, yeah? Through identification. It constantly says you're this, and then you start living as that, and as that, you're a self. And then you're in the bondage of it, yeah? <laughs> then you want to get free from it, but as it, and no, I don't know how people are escaping the fact that's displayed in self can't get out of self. I mean, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> what is, why, why is that a huge statement in our community? Self can't get out of self. How did we come to realize this? By trying to get out of self as self. <laughs> it's failed miserably. And we're trying to pass it on to you to save you a little time and trouble. Self can't get out of self. I beg to differ. Paul can get out of self. Yeah, but Paul, AKA self can't. <laughs> Paul, as I see him can get out of self. But as you see, Paul isn't the Paul that's activated. <laughs> the Paul that's activated is of self. <laughs> I'm gonna show everyone I can escape from self. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be valuable by coming in and telling us you went out again because it'll just thoroughly convince us once again, self can't get out of self. So what's the option if self can't get out of self? Obviously, are you in it? Yeah. If you're not in it, yeah, there's no need to get out of it. Trying to get out of it is part of being in it. Yeah. If you're not in it, you don't try to get out of it. That's the, that's the freedom from the bondage of self. Yeah. Self can't produce it, but the absence of self can, yeah. But self can't produce freedom from the bondage of self, but the absence of self does, yeah. There you go. Hey, oh, thank you, Kaiser. I, I don't know if I covered what was said, but there you have it. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, you covered uh, that and a, a wide variety of topics relating to it. Um, so thanks. We do have a question from, I believe it's Noah, Noah R. I hope I said that right. Um, go ahead and ask your, uh, unmute yourself and ask your question. What's up? Yo, it's nice to see you, Paul. Um, always nice to hear you. Um, that's always a question. I just wanted to share um, fucking something relating to this and uh, a, a bit of a revelation I had recently, which I've then understood uh, in the terms presented here. Um, I had a real bad relapse, um, couldn't stop, blah, blah, blah. Um, found myself a treatment center and um, was able to secure that and told my wife what was going on. Just got out of treatment. And as soon as I did, I, uh, I could watch my mind already scheming and figuring out how I was gonna pick up again. You know, I, I intentionally like just set it up so that I could do a short stay in treatment because I had all these fucking plans. I had my job and I had this tour I was going to do with the band and a record I was going to put out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and long story short, I realized, fuck all that. 
Like, none of that matters. None of those little plans and designs matter. It's all going to burn down if I don't put this first. Um, and fuck it. Like, this is my job now. Like, this is what I'm doing in my life is getting clean and all that stuff, whatever. Um, and something about that surrender changed my relationship to the craving because it's not like the environmental triggers and thoughts are not there. You know, I'm in the world. I'm passing all these places where I used to pick up, where I know I could go pick up. And the thoughts arise. But it's like, it's like that, you know, when you're like in a, a grocery store parking lot, like waiting for your wife to come back with the groceries and uh, you hear your phone ring and you start looking around for it. And then you look at the car next to you and it's somebody else with their shit on speakerphone. So that moment of like, oh, that's not mine. You know, <laughs> that's what it feels like, you know, I was like, oh, cool. Like that's, that's, I have nothing to do with that. You know, it's just kind of watching the thing arise and pass. Um, I just feel this huge fucking weight lifted off of me. And of course, like, I'm sure it'll change. So I'm in like, I mean, outpatient stuff. I'm on the phone, like hours and hours a day. I'm in two to three meetings a day, I'm reading the book all the time. I'm meditating, I'm working out all that shit. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I think I see on a visceral level, some of the stuff that you've been pointing out. And I just want to thank you for that. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you, Noah. I'm always happy to hear you doing well. And remember, just surrender can be in all of that, yeah? Just to surrender the title of being the doer of it all, yeah? Because something does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And what brings that into a clear vision is honoring it when it presents itself, yeah? Having a little or, A-W-E, in honor of that which is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, yeah? What, how could you have ever pulled off thinking your phone is and realizing it was from the other car? It never would get there. But now you've, you're there. Something has done for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Yeah. More and more, it just promotes a lot of gratitude. And it actually, it's almost like a yoga class. You get used to dead man's pose, so to speak. Yeah, you get used to just like, I don't have to really stretch to, you know, if I'm stretching, I'm not actually stretching, you know, it just brings a, uh, an ease and comfort and a traveling lighter through what, quote unquote, you have to do. Yeah, right now to stay sober a day at a time. Yeah, it allows like a joy to accompany you, not a chore to accompany you. Yeah, so yeah, that's great. No, I'm happy. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks that, a lot. Power, that power that drives us crazy in the right hands can uh, use us quite well. Yes. Because I had the same thing with my head. The head was, uh, again, when I had an urge, I never said no. I would always go after it. It was like, uh, I didn't even need Pavlovian conditioning. I seemed to start from Pavlovian conditioning. Yeah, so when something uh, removed that urge to escape, that's just, that was like a Mount Everest in my life. To have it be moved as if it was never there is uh, an incredible demonstration of a power greater than us. Yeah. Yeah.
So once you start relying on that, it gives you the eyes to see the reliance on self more clear, yeah? So that you can recognize it because a lot of this stuff changes through recognition, you know? And uh, when we're in the dark, uh, a lot of shit thrives in the dark. When we're brought into the light, a lot of shit's seen pretty clearly. And this is what I feel the program does. It reestablishes us in the light again, because we've been used to living in the dark and having a lot of rationale and thoughts and speculations, but really not knowing what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Now I, there's a relief in not knowing what the hell is going on because I can see and see is sufficient, way more sufficient than knowing shit. You know, I just see that I'm fucked. Yeah. And that I'm not managerial quality. That hasn't been debated. It doesn't come up for review every few months. It's just a fact in this life. And that fact is solid and it's allowed a lot, a lot more facts to be built on it yeah and that, that was that's the essence of that first step so yeah if you see this stuff come up bring it to step six and seven if you can or to try to i suggest that when you see the alcoholism that used to drive you while something else is driving you now you see the alcoholism that used to drive you because something else is driving you now. Yeah. Tell it, just bring that to that which is driving you now through step six and seven and ask that power to reconfigure that shit. Yeah. It's just like that. It's just like, let's say an energy has been directed by something in one direction. Now there's something else has taken over and a large, a lot of how the energy changes is just by direction. So now the higher power directs the energy differently in your life, yeah? So when you recognize the old way, while in the new way, bring the old way to the new way. Step six and seven, yeah? It will reclaim that energy and straighten a lot of shit out. That's the working step, really. Step six and seven. It doesn't have to be heard in you. You can hear it from someone else at a meeting. And if it hits somewhere, bring it to step six and seven. Hey, I'm entirely ready to have that, which I just sense of as alcoholism be reconfigured and I ask that power to do it. There you go. Yeah. Because, you know, again, especially in the beginning, well, well, at any time, a lot is revealed, and a lot of what's revealed is really the workings and the mechanism of that which just defeated us. So we bring that shit to, not to our head and go over it, but right through, right to six and seven, you know, right to the recycling bin. Yeah, you don't have to start marveling at it. Just throw it in, put it in bring it out onto the, you know, bring it out to the garbage. Yeah. It'll be returned, like, you know, and be useful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do, I haven't been doing six and seven much lately, but at times I do a lot of it. Yeah. Because uh, it's obviously, there's a lot of blasts from the past 
that show up going on the, onto the screen of now, yeah? And you can tell uh, the origin. <laughs> it's from the problem. So you immediately yeah, bring it to six and seven. And then you'll have periods where everything is chilled. So there's no need to bring anything there. Yeah, it seems to be going there on its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem resides in the mind. Where are you going to see it when you're in the solution? You're going to see it in the mind. Yeah. You're not seeing it from jail cell. You're probably not in jail now. You're not seeing it from the hospital bed. You're not in the hospital bed yet. Yeah, you're seeing it. Yes. <laughs> it's a blast from the past. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyone else, guys? Uh, yeah, we've got a we've got a one more. Um, thanks a lot, Noah. Thanks, Paul, for that. Before I call on Oliver, you you'd mentioned Paul that you bring these uh, blasts from the past to step six and seven, and and that you haven't done it for a while, but sometimes you do it. If I'm there's not much said about six and seven in the book, um, and if you could explain what you mean by bringing it to six and seven, like how do you do that? assuming that I don't know how to do that, right? I just see two steps that suggest things, but how, how do you do that? All right, well, first of all, it's not a physical movement, obviously. Mm -hmm. You're not physically taking something to somewhere else, yeah? You're seeing, you're seeing uh, the shit where it resides, which is the mind, yeah? So you're seeing the thoughts that you used to, that used to trigger like almost automatic reactions to get you loaded or whatever, yeah? So now you're seeing the thoughts, but they're not compelling in action. So you can see them like an emperor without any clothes, yeah? So you wreck and you have the eyes to call them not yours, but alcoholic, let's say. You've come, you've had enough revealed to start recognizing some of the shit that you've just assumed to be all about you as not you. Yeah, like foreign thoughts, whatever, blast from the past. So you have that, that has came about, come about by the higher power through the program, yes? Mm -hmm. So now, let's say if someone's sharing it at a meeting something, and I remember, oh yeah, I've been stung by that thing in the past, what they're explaining, yeah? Because it's, they think it's a unique event, but it's an alcoholic imprint, so to speak, yeah? yeah. So, oh yeah. I, I remember that. So then I bring it right there to, hey, and I'm entirely ready to have this thing reconfigured. Yes. Yeah. And then I ask that power to do it. Because if energy can't be created or, or destroyed, then, but energy could be reconfigured. Yeah. In other words, the form it's taking, it's sort of like gold. You could put, make gold and put it into a ring or an amulet or a necklace, right? So you recognize something that's old and doesn't work, but the gold is still there. So you want that gold to be melted down and be put into a different form, yeah? So this energy is like gold 
and this energy has, let's say, an old uh, habit of seeing that they're wrong and you're right. Yes? Yes, a black and white thing or a justified resentment. Yeah, so now you see that there's gold in that. Yeah, it's now been turned into like a bludgeon, but if there's gold in that, you give it to the higher power and the gold, the higher power extracts the gold and puts it into another mold or another cast. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So that, that same old, old, let's say mental pattern has now been disassembled. That, that little alcoholic tributary that kept running has now been dried up and now it's going, it's been used in an, it's been put to use in a different direction. That's like the reclamation of our life. Yeah. And I'm not talking about things. I'm talking the life of feeling, the life of mind. Yes. Right. That's where the problem resides. That's where the real reclamation's at now, now that you're sober. Yeah. You want to read, you don't. I, I, I landed on the possibility a lot of that dead shit could be reclaimed and put to better use. Yeah. All those ways that I used to live that seem to be dead to me, they're still like radioactive material. They still have oomph in it. Yeah. Let's extract that oomph and put it to better use. What better, what better uh, possibility could do that than that which has gotten me sober? <laughs> It did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Here you go. Here's all my old mental jewelry. Do what you will with it. Melt it down. And then I keep finding more old mental jewelry. And I keep bringing it to the same jeweler. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You get it now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to express. Uh... There is definitely a process of experience in there. I, I that you really helped explain the the texture of, of what that feels like. Thanks, Paul. Well, yeah, because you've now, through an understanding and through your own experience, uh, hopefully, you've seen like Bigfoot. You've seen, you know, <laughs> the yet <laughs> whatever. You've seen alcoholism, and so you can start when you see it again. You can call it given it its right name and its right name ain't you it's alcoholism or a self yeah, yeah. and so uh that's the only way i had the possibility of being free from it was seeing i wasn't it yeah there was no way i was going to be truly free from self if i didn't see it with some something foreign to me really that's what it took. Now, I don't know if that's what it'll take for you, but that's where I'm sharing from because that's what it took for me. Well, that's what I asked. So I appreciate you sharing that with, with me. I, yeah. I, yeah, it's exploring. Um, thanks, man. Um, so we have Oliver, he's got a question. Uh, Oliver, why don't you unmute yourself and ask your question? You're speaking very quietly. It looks like you're not muted, but we can't hear you. There he goes. All right, buddy. Strike two. How about now? Yes, there yeah. you go. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks, Kaiser and uh, uh, 
Paul, I got a question about self-talk. When it comes to self-talk, I, you know, I tend to not take it seriously. You know, everything that seems to be appearing in my head in that area, I just, you know, I guess I use humor. I guess I used, I use a little bit of uh, ignoring as well. I just don't take it seriously, you know, as I used to. And I, and there's definitely not, you know, uh, sometimes I notice identification, but I'm more and more aware of, you know, of the whole phenomenon, what's going on. Uh, the question is, um, I do hear typical self-talk from the outside all the time, whether it's through the media, whether it's through, I don't know, advertising, propaganda, this and that and uh, i really in its essence i don't differ it i have to say that much you know from the uh, typical shitty self-talk that come that can come from the inside from the mental processes right and it seems to be conversing to or talking to the same part of you know human experience it it, it turns to this false identities that that is a customer of it let's put it that way and uh, you know lately i seem to have been troubled by it because um, unfortunately i cannot afford to live uh, somewhere outside of internet sphere i tend to visit it i don't know um, uh, every day and uh, i uh, i get troubled by it. not exactly what's going on in the world it's not about that it's just uh the self-talk is so present in a sense that i can currently at least uh, shut that volume a bit more down as i would like to you know and uh, i definitely use the same uh, principles whether the self-talk is coming from the outside or the inside, but you know, it, it, it seems to be particularly challenging, you know, uh, being bombarded with what we are, I believe, bombarded with, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, like it says, practice these principles in all your affairs, and if, if you can't limit your affairs, so turn down the volume of the internet, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you take some breaks and listen to a bird or something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, or, and if not, then be accountable, you know? Yeah. So, something wants to listen to this shit and something wants to get upset by it. <laughs> I'm not that. <laughs> Everything is useful because uh, people have a, you know, they're constantly seemingly falling into the idea of what they're not. Can you imagine if you, every time you saw the, the lullaby, it triggered, I'm not that more than, oh, I'm that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It actually, the lullaby that was putting you to sleep would be used in a more helpful manner. It would keep you awake, so to speak. Yes. Only based on how you see it. Yeah, and, and habits are habits. So you do you take a habit, which is an action without a thought. Yeah, how do you take get there through suggestion and action? You do it 
you do it and now it becomes a habit yeah so when i hear shit in my head it usually rings the bell i'm not that and then uh i see it try to reach the ring the bell that i'm at <laughs> but the first bell is in place now i'm not that <laughs> yeah so but uh i understand yes this world is a dreaming and this product that is buying and selling and being reinforced is the idea of being the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, this body. Yeah. There you go. You're in Rome, but that doesn't make you a Roman. Yeah, you're just in Rome. <laughs> There's a lot of good comedy on YouTube. Yeah, really, just go there and get a good laugh. Yeah, go to the old uh, uh, Stephen Colbert show. He was very good where he plays a certain kind of a news anchor who's basically full of shit and he plays it all the time. It's great, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, the best you can do with what's happening is maybe listen to a parody of it or a satire. It gives you a nice laugh, yeah? So you don't take it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he turned into the character, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of YouTube, yeah? Uh, I guess. All the crazy, all the crazy spiritual teachers that went over overboard in the beginning, they're pretty good. So you can just listen to what they said in the beginning instead of after they robbed everyone of tons of money and shit. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Some people I know just they like the old talks we used to do. Mm -hmm. They don't like the new, they don't like the contemporary Paul. They like the old Paul. <laughs> So they have a choice. <laughs> they can just go to the old ball and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have any answer to you, Oliver. I know, understand it, yes, but yeah. When you put out the garbage uh, in this way, it's very efficient. You don't have to put out every piece of the garbage. You basically put out just the title of garbage and you let the higher power decide what's garbage or not. <laughs> it's not like it constantly putting out the garbage. You just say garbage and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I don't watch uh, what I do now. Um, uh, whatever i watch time movies now i'm watching dark and netflix which is totally a convoluting time it's a trip yeah yeah uh, it's fun so i but like I, the garbage i like the garbage analogy yeah, and uh, all together yeah thank you uh, I, I think you answered it a great deal actually and uh, oh good, uh, good because you know it does uh, it does speak to you know um, 
it, it, it's a, it's actually a similar challenge. You know, it's actually very quite a similar challenge, and I need to recognize, you know, what part of me is is being agitated, right? Well, yeah, yeah, and it's not what part. The agitation is true, but it's the idea of who it is that's agitated is questionable. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So things happen. There's agitation here because we have we're seemingly a creature that look is looking to be comfortable. Yeah. I right. mean, before I did this talk, I got a pillow for my ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, so things like that and in those simple agendas there can be agitation when you know yeah the pillow fell off and i'm speaking and i don't want to stop speaking to pick up the pillow so now my ass hurts so yeah so this things uh yeah the whole idea that this message is about is that add-on that it's your ass yeah that's uncomfortable because you don't give a shit about other asses uncomfortable to you. It's, but your ass is like a fucking huge story. So where is that ownership? I mean, to me, that's the real currency of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. There's so much meaning being given to stuff based on it's about me. Yeah. Now, if I don't like the currency and shit, I, I got to get to the point. Yeah. So just look at the word my and look at money so i wish everyone here to have a lot of money but i don't want them to have any of my money yeah so obviously the my changed my whole attitude and outlook about money yes <laughs> so what's that my that's an activity yeah it's not a physical activity it's a mental activity there's an owning of shit that we have really nothing to do with and that gives meaning to everything. And what it does, that meaning to everything plays the role of a mirror so you can see your fucking face in it. Yeah, it's like the mobile pond of uh, narcissists. Yeah, which is the my of everything gets a big reflection. My problem, my this, my thoughts, my feelings. Yeah, where it's a lot easier to travel through feelings, thoughts and problems. It's much more heavier to travel through my thoughts, my feelings, and my and my uh, problems. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's obvious. It's a, you don't have to go to school to learn that. Just feel the weight of. It. Yeah. Now, what? How is that weight being distributed all day? And and maybe that's the cause. Just like going up those those steep stairs isn't what's bothering you. It's gravity. Yeah. The stairs is just bringing the, the effect of gravity to an acute point, yeah? But gravity is influencing us all freaking day as a thing, yeah? So we blame the stairs. We're, we don't even, the, the diagnosis is completely off. So here you are giving tons of meaning about shit. All those meanings are used as a reflectiveness to see you, this idea of self. So self gets an image, becomes almost an image by the claiming of stuff. So this is the whole point. The whole pivot of recovery in AA is losing interest in self, right on page 63, I think. Losing interest in self, 
you now, now start looking at how you can contribute to life and then you gain interest in others and all this. But the pivot is losing interest in self. It doesn't say gaining interest in others, you'll lose interest in self. No, you lose interest in self and then there's a gaining interest in others. Yeah, it's very clear which comes first. There's no, there's no confusion of the, the egg and the chicken. The, what comes first is a losing interest in self. Then there's a gaining interest in others and seeing how life, how I can contribute to life instead of taking shit out of it. That's the whole point because self is the way of seeing things. Yeah. If you keep going over the things you see without looking at the self that's seeing it that way, if you want to change everything, just change self. Yeah. How do you change self? Well, basically interest, really. You can't get out of the interest of self as self. That's more interest in self. You got to see that. Self can't get out of self is of great warning. All right. If I found something that I was completely occupied with because it was me not to be mine, I'd probably lose interest in it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what happens. <laughs> you don't lose interest in thoughts as the thinker. You lose interest in the thinker and then the thoughts aren't taken as seriously. Yeah. You want them. That's the magic <laughs> trick. You don't lose interest in thoughts as the thinker. You lose interest in the thinker. And then there's relief from the thoughts. Let's get the horse in front of the car. Yeah. The thinker entertaining, I'm going to lose interest in thoughts is ridiculous because it needs interest in thoughts to keep promoting the idea of being the thinker. It has to have that interest bounce back. Yeah. So it's no way giving up the thoughts as being so important. And so this, because that's how it gets its importance. Yeah. It's all of it is reflected. All of it is like gotten from like nefarious means. So yes. Yeah. Oh, here's a problem. Let's make it my problem. I'll get a big fucking reflection. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Narcissus pond is like mobile. Yeah. With everything we're meeting, we're seeing a reflection of us in it. <laughs> the, the us that we're not. Yeah. It's an addiction. It's completely like every other addiction. It's yet, this is the supreme one in a sense, because you're already the drug that you're addicted to. Yeah. That's a you're way out there because you've you've already you're living from the point of taking yourself to be the drug that the mental state is addicted to. That's you're, there's no 28 day rehab that's going to save you from that. <laughs> you need a higher power. You need awareness. You need to see what you're not seeing. Yeah. And why are you not seeing it? Because you're looking from something else yeah, that has an agenda. 
Do you think the self ever sees clearly? The only thing it sees clearly is self. <laughs> it sees more self clearly. <laughs> yeah. The clarity is of the higher power in our terminology, yes? Please, please believe me. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. Yeah. Where do you see the effect of that prayer being answered? The weakening of my in the English language. Yeah. Problems keep happening, but they're problems, not yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thoughts happen. Yes, but they're not mine. Yeah. That, that dog, the dog that I have took a shit on the lawn, but I didn't take the shit on the lawn of the neighbors. Yes, it's very clear. Yes, the dog did it. Yeah, to the neighbor, I'm synonymous with the dog. I've got to clean up after the dog. It can't. Yeah, but then when I leave after cleaning up the shit off his lawn, I'm not going to be for the next 30 years berating myself to be the one who took the shit on the lawn. I didn't, yeah, yeah. That's what the amends of the program give you. They give you relief from the bondage of self. You are not the doer of all the shit that happened, yeah. You would, you would have done what you did to that one person, to anyone, unless they could physically stop you. You had been taken over. You were being used for transportation, yes? Yeah. Thanks, Paul. I don't have any, I'm not sitting, you know, going over 38 years ago and just farming guilt about something that happened. I'm very clear that I, I wasn't the cause of most of the shit that went on in my life. <laughs> I made the amends. I did what I needed to do. I don't shut the door in the past, nor do I regret it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah all right thanks always good to see you Oliver thanks Paul thank you Oliver um, we've got two more hands up Paul and, and before I call on our next uh, question um, I wanted to acknowledge that um, in the United States we shifted over to daylight savings time and so this actually started uh, an hour earlier than it than uh, the time shows in Europe. So those that joined us late, I'm gonna stay on afterwards and we can continue to have a discussion. Paul, you can stay as long as you want or head out when you're done. Um, but I'm gonna keep this open for fellowship for those that, that accidentally arrived early, not knowing that we had shifted to daylight savings time. Our next question. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all right. Our next question comes from our buddy, Kurt Z. Kurt. Oh, Kurt. Yeah, unmute yourself if you would, please. Ask your question. We like the contemporary, Paul. Linda said, we like the contemporary, Paul. <laughs> um, but I want to go back to Noah's, uh, what he said, which I kind of struck me. He said, it seemed like, um, well, it's part of that surrender experience, you know, where it changed the relationship to the ideas that were driving him and i think that was you know i think why that struck me so much is you know i drank it 19 years couldn't get released and then 
through a, a noetic experience of being surrendered, it revealed to me that I wasn't, it separated that self and me. And so when he said that, I was like, you know, that's so important that uh, when he said, you know, when he kind of put all his eggs in one basket, sobriety, and put work and everything else on another, he said that kind of, you know, the way I heard it was that surrender experience changed his relationship to the ideas that were being given to him. Because the way I saw it was, oh, I thought I, I thought I was that. And when it separated, that was like crucial. That was the foundation. Well, it's the foundation of every day. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on this, right? And, yeah. and um, I just thought that was really, really good. So I kind of wanted to circle back because you said it. You said you, you got to get the cart before the horse. And you also said, you know, it's kind of like working with others. Uh, you know, how you said... I've seen people that have done 12-step work rigorously for years to try and get out of self, and it just kept them more in self, rather than experiencing the freedom of being surrendered and that expression of surrender manifesting in the world as service. It's a very different thing, very different energy. So I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. Well, the see, the thing is, thank you. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, the head no matter how many different things it looks at, it looks at them the same way. Mm -hmm. So the head's agenda is pretty obvious after a while, yes? So it uses spirituality like a drug in a lot of ways, yeah? It wants to get out, it wants to get relief, basically, that's the drive. And now it's realized the old ways of relief isn't working. So it's just going to try to do the same thing. I remember when I uh, got sober, I had a sort of a living memory of this last girlfriend I had been with for a couple of years. And I felt I played a huge role in her demise, so to speak. When I met her, she was very like a runway model and very nice person, had an ex-husband, ex-husband, whatever. And she got introduced to this way of life I was involved with. And, uh, you know, she cracked. She just had breakdowns, very bad, you know. And uh, so when I stopped using and drinking, man, that was like an open sore, yeah, that I wasn't putting my medicine on, you know, just, just being distracted or denying it or avoiding it. So being an addict, you know, still having that addict uh, nature, I wanted to find out where she was to call her to get relief. Really. You know, it wasn't an amend. I wasn't at the point of the amends. I was on step one, but I wanted relief. Yeah, so I figured if I called her and I said what I had wanted to say, not taking her condition at all into consideration, you know, maybe she'll say something nice and I'll feel a little better. It was just like getting a drug you know seriously and thank god life just smacked that thing right down and i learned a lot because i did get in touch with her and uh and i didn't get what i was looking for you know she said hey once she heard my voice on the phone she said i never want to hear this voice ever again so basically that was the amend was never to get in touch with her again it wasn't <laughs> like 
So, but I saw the addictive looking to get relief, that rabid thing. And I, I got a real good lesson of the linear uh, trajectory of the steps. Yeah, I was on step one, I wasn't on step nine. I didn't, didn't have the condition of the spirit of, of, of an amend yet. I had the spirit of an addict trying to get you know, relief, yes? <laughs> so this is what happens. The self uses what it gets introduced to to do the same old, same old, to try to get out of feelings or shit like that. And I know people, and this has nothing to do with service or not service because really, What's giving the meaning to the action is what's before the mind. Yeah. So I remember a guy I, I used to share in a house with, and he was, you know, well respected. He had like 13 sponsees, did this, and he had a nervous breakdown because he wasn't taking care of business. He was using always being available to others not to take care of the business of his life, of his day. And so he had a breakdown, had to go into a program. And it was a shock to many people. But I talked to him after and he told me exactly that, you know, the attitude and outlook that he was doing the service was more of an addictive or an addict's view than a yes. Yeah. So. So then if therefore it was valuable in that way, but there's no, you know. The head is what makes things so. Yeah, it does. You can take certain people and you're like totally flabbergasted when they go out or something or they act crazily, but you have no idea what's going on in the head. You can't understand, you know? You know, you get disappointed when a saint, you know, is caught in perversion or something, but <laughs> there, yes, there's a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, so I don't know. I feel uh, that's a language that you really you learn through recovery. You know, you learn to feel like what's claiming this activity. Yeah. And seeing when self is claiming it and then telling the truth about that and then going on with the business of being of service. Yeah. And after a while, you have a you can see, you can see it where before it was basically, I'm doing service. Yes, that's that. But now there's some more activity you can see. Yeah. Just like it talks about in the big, big book about uh, the person will be virtuous and kind, but it's still driven by self will. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the taint doesn't come from the action. It's what's before. Yeah. 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 Heads and tails are the same. Course. That's why you like to have a sponsor or you like to have people you respect so that you can run by stuff because obviously uh, our own, there'll be a very little revelation where we're standing a lot of the time. Yeah. We need to hear it from other people to get an idea. Hey, Paul, you know, you're, you seem to be off the rails or something, yes? Yeah, so that's why we have, you know, sponsors and everything are so important. So that maybe, hey, Paul, if you're doing four inventories a day and helping every fucking person, my sponsor may will look at you and say, listen, bro, you know, you gotta chill out. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Your your girlfriend's super pissed. She hasn't seen you in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to your child uh, visitations. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why it's important to have people to share with because it's not black and white in a lot of ways. There are some black and whites like drinking and not drinking, but a lot of other stuff's got a lot of shades. Yeah. I, I've worked with people that my suggestion to them was not do, don't do not do any more inventories right now because they were getting so obsessed. They would, they would look at the motive should, when I was taking a shit or not, you know, what's in the intention of me, you know, it was got, it went extremely <laughs> a little too myopic. Yes. So, so I'd say, if you want to keep working with me, stop fucking writing about shit for a while. <laughs> You're not that important to have like a, a reporter with you every day, all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm out. I'm on the front lines with Paul. How are you doing today, Paul? Which way are you going to turn on Hate Street? It's going to make the huge difference, left or right. Paul is look checking his intentions. <laughs> to me, that's obsession with self. Yeah. yeah. Under the guise of yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks a lot, Paul. Yeah, there was a friend of ours that had said, I think it was Mike M. He said, he called what you just talked about, working the steps to avoid working the steps. It was kind of confusing, but I think you hit it spot on. Uh, yeah, that's my whole little ref, yes. Yeah, we've got one more question uh, from not manageable. Not manageable, please come in and ask your question. Unmute yourself, thanks. Uh, hey. Hey. Hey, Paul. Uh, it seems like you asked my question already, but uh, I I still want to ask you anyway. <laughs> so, uh, could you tell me something about the intensity of the head in relation to intensity of service? Service. Well, yeah. Well, the intensity of service usually will drop down the intense, the intensity of the head. Yeah. So let's say when the big book talks about concerning sexual things, there can be an incredible intensity up there. And the best way to get some relief of that is being available to others. Yes. Yeah? So service is a key when the diagnosis is my head is super loud. Uh, maybe the best direction is not like asking why is it loud? What does it maybe just do something to, yes, to bring out, to bring down the volume, which what happens is when you come out of self, the volume of self goes down, obviously. Yeah. And service is the tried and true method to, to facilitate that. And it's the, one of the main things of our triangle service recovery recovery and unity services is essential it's not just a you know a possibility we actually need to be of service to to have that attention and interest pulled out of that orbit of paul you know 
we need you need certain you know like if you had a four-ton truck and it was down in the ravine you'd have to get a bigger tow truck yeah yeah the towing is the exactly the same but the power of the towing would be have to be stronger so in the beginning of recovery we're outmatched and one of the easiest ways to get a sense of being out of self is through service through commitments and service yes and so what happens when you get a possibility and then there's a feeling of a living possibility it's different yeah so you get a flavor of being out of that which you'd like to be out of when you're helping others so it gives you a like a free sample yeah so that hey i'd like to have more of that yes okay and then what happens i feel through the process of the program, your attitude and outlook is going to change. You're gonna get a new one. And then you can actually have a feeling of being of service, you know, being up, you know, available now and present now, which to me makes you of service. Yeah. So now you've got the spirit of that which was uh, experienced through service, but you have the spirit of it now. Yeah. So you're not you're not having to trigger it by doing service. You're of service. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't do service, but it does. It means you have the spirit of that experience without having an experience anymore. It's more of a state. Yeah. It's like established. You're established in being of service. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then being of service is basically the, you know, the, the roar of the self engine has been down, you know, it's in idle, so to speak. So you're not in a intense sense of that having to get out of it. You're just, you're out of it. Yeah. 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 The, the head can't hold on. Uh, well, I don't know. I think grace is something you can't really describe, or, or but I think it's uh, it's grace that muffles the urge. You know, it's grace that uh, takes out the radioactive isotope. Yeah, it's a higher power that does what you cannot do for yourself. Yeah, so I can say I'm not moved by urges, but the urges don't have much oomph. If they did, I probably would be moved by an urge, yeah? But thank God, thank grace that the urges don't have much oomph, yeah? Yeah. But I, you know, and you can't do it justice when you used to be living in there. You can't. But I'm really grateful I don't have a living experience anymore of those urges. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I had no defense. When a certain word like cocaine came into my head, I was off and running. Yeah. There was no uh, uh, just run over any policeman, you know, any stop sign just went off. Yeah. And uh, 
Now, no human power could stop that. I mean, the authorities could stop it institutionally by having me in jail, but that urge would just wait to get out again. And then that urge would kick in and nothing could stop it really. Yeah, and I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to, uh, I just could not withstand the urges. Yeah, it just, it would just keep pulling me out and then I'd fucking act out and there it went. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know the mechanics of how that works or how it gets relieved, but I do know the relief of it, yeah, yeah. And if you have those urges and they seem to be overwhelming, uh, they won't be. They can be put into an appropriate uh, size by this living this program and living these principles, really. Yeah. I'm not afraid of an urge coming back. Yeah, I don't live that would be the double whammy of an urge. I'm not living in the fear that the urge could come back. I don't have that at all. Yeah, so if the urge comes back, uh, but I'm not gonna live, I don't live in a fear that it could come back, it may come back, I could care less really. Well, I'm not under its influence, I could give a shit about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> freedom from something doesn't mean you're constantly in like deep anxiety that it may come back that's not freedom from it yeah freedom from it is a daily reprieve yeah yeah the problem does not exist for you yeah and I believe that's rooted in the problem does not exist as you. I think the biggest problem is taking the problem as, as existing as you. <laughs> I do. And that's what we have these talks. One of the things we have them for is to point out that uh, the problem is not you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, really. So... All right, thanks, bro. Nice to see you. Thanks a lot. Yes. Thanks a lot, Paul. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, uh, our friend from Sweden. I think not manageable. Yes. 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 Um, well, keep the meeting going. So, if people came in late or something, let's just keep going. I've got nothing really uh, burning to do. Okay. Okay. Are, are there any more questions, you guys? Some of you guys that uh, joined a little bit later, if you wanted to chime in here. I don't see any currently. Uh, what what you'd express, Paul, just now, uh, I, I needed to have sobriety because my life was just in turmoil and uh, I had to learn a new spiritual way of life. And when I learned this new way of living, suddenly uh, sobriety became a side effect of that way of life. And then there was relief in that. So I think that those are the words that I'd use, but I think that's what you're saying. So thanks a lot, man. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I'm not a, I don't believe in the statement we manufacture our own misery. I do not believe that. I do not, I believe we are a facility that manufactures things. 
feelings, yes. Like compassion, love, uh, peace. Uh, but basically that which takes over the facility is gonna determine the product line, so to speak. So if self's running the factory, it's probably gonna produce misery through the factory, yes. But I don't, the factory is not that which is producing the misery. The factory is just a producer of things, yes? We're just an expression of things and an experiencer of things. I, I think it's mostly determined by what's running the show or running the factory. So in AA, we made a decision to let something run the factory. Yeah. And I have to admit, clearly that not much misery has been manufactured in the last 34 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it has anything to do with the factory. I think it's what's running the factory. Yeah. And we have two seemingly clear choices. Is there, is it trust in the, the finite self or trust in the infinite? There you go. The trust is what is uh, the, the trust the factory has in the management of the factory is what allows the management to produce its products. Yes. When you trust self, you're going to probably produce misery, maybe in your life and maybe in others. Yeah, you're going to be a role player in that. If you trust the infinite, maybe there'll be miracles noticed and and a lot of other things, yeah? Yeah, so I'm not a believer in that, and I'm not a believer in uh, alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful, I'd say alcoholism is, and the only other one I have a problem with is uh, you have to have it to give it away. I believe if you're willing to give it away, you'll have it, so those are things I disagree with. No one even asked me, I'm just telling you, of the ones, yeah, yeah. I don't see the big book as a Bible. I don't see it's the word of God. I feel like it was a download from somewhere. Yeah, and uh, it's meant to be read by not only the people who wrote it, but the people who read it, yeah. And we give as much meaning to it as the meaning the people who wrote it gave, yeah. And, those meanings can be different because more gets revealed, yeah? And people after us are going to add on to it. Well, we're trying to do just that. Just trying to add on to the whole thing, a diagnosis of the root of the problem. Rooted in the statement in the book, yeah? There's a lot of statements in the book. I'm using this one because I never felt it was emphasized, yeah? So emphasize it. And maybe for some of us who keep coming here, it's working. Yeah. And there'll be more of us that it will work for. And really, what is the goal but relief from the bondage of self? Yeah. Does it really matter in a way? It does to some point, but really the relief is the intention. Yes. The relief from the bondage of self. So I found this brought about a lot of relief from the bondage of self. 
sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but it does bring about relief from the bondage of self because the sense of self being you puts a whole lot of meaning on it. Yeah, it does. And it's just way too much meaning given to it. It's gotta be lessened. There's gotta be a loss of interest in self. Yeah. So how can that come about? It can't become, it can't come about through self, obviously. Self can't get out of self. So self cannot lose interest in self. Yeah. So how is there a loss of interest in self seeing self from somewhere else, from the us, yeah? And then the us gets fortified as the self gets diminished. And the us can easily be in trusting the infinite, just as easily as it was in trusting the finite, yeah? Just needs a, a way of life to push it that way, and then it'll get caught in the jet stream and it'll get pulled that way, yeah? We just have to break a lot of inertia that has us going one direction to make the turn. We can't do it, but the program allows it to happen. Yeah. Some of us are caught in the jet stream now. It's the easiest, softer way for sure. Others are at a point where we're being pulled back in the old grooves and we're wondering how to get relief. Well, the steps are there. The inventories are there. The amends are there. Yeah. Helping other people is there. There's all these skillful means, saying the serenity prayer. Yeah. Taking a break, doing some you know, breaths and ask God to remove this fear or whatever. There's tons of things there to allow you to deal with this transition from trusting the finite to trusting the infinite. Yeah. It's called a program, a way of life. Yeah. A program of recovery. We're recovering from a life of trusting the finite, yeah, to lead us to the trusting the infinite. And here, here we are to help each other and support each other in that journey, yeah. Yeah, so. <sighs> Anyone else, guys? I don't see any other questions. There's no questions in the chat. Oh, we had one. Uh, another follow-up from Sweden. Unmute yourself, please. I thought you were. I thought you were going to bed, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, Paul, do you have any thoughts on hate? Hate? Yes, hate. Uh, well, I think there's an energy in hate that if surrendered could be valuable. Yeah. Like anger has a lot of force and there's been a lot of meetings of AA that were started by anger <laughs> or resentment. So it's a powerful force, uh, best directed by the higher power, I'd say, not by self. Because usually when self directs it, it's at other, right? Or you or other. It 
targets it, it targets things you know when the higher power takes it it may move you to start a new meeting in sweden yeah or something else paint an incredible picture write a short story you know take a walk plant some trees yeah so i found everything is energy really when you get to it yes energy is a force and that force is better directed by the infinite than the finite yeah yeah so surrender if you possibly can if you can't there's anger management and other things yeah yeah i haven't had a, a visitation from hate for a long time <laughs> i like to hate teams in sports yeah that's the only place i feel hate is good but i'm not a rabbit fan you know what i mean i don't go far, but i but i hate the los angeles lakers do i really hate them no but i just like to hate them yeah i hate any team other than the new york yankees do i actually hate them no but i like to hate them <laughs> Love the New York Rangers, hate everyone else. <laughs> no, no, I've been lucky. I haven't hated much in a long, long time. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Shit. Wow. It sucked hating to be in jail when you're in jail. It really sucks. <laughs> You would think hating to be in jail would keep you out of jail, but under the guidance of self, it, you don't, it usually only comes up when you're in jail. <laughs> so now it, it makes the week in jail so much worse, hating to be in jail. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's it. I don't have. I can't do hate justice because it's not live now. Yeah. So, but I know it's a force of energy. It's best to be in the hands of a higher power than yours. <laughs> They're not your hands, but selves. Yeah. All right. Go to bed now. Good night, non manageable. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Paul. I don't see any other hands. Uh, did you want to uh, say your goodbyes? Yeah, I'd like that. That would be nice. Kaiser, thank you. Great job today. And uh, I'm always surprised every day we come here for the last few years. Yeah. Always pleasantly surprised. All right. Uh, we got Bill. Bill from Delaware. Nice to see you, Bill. He's in his Captain Kirk chair. It's very comfortable. We got Don. Nice to see you, Don. Gary C., one of the main men of the Zen Bishlap Zoom. Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Nice to see you, Mickey. I saw Jacob. He's around. Always a pleasure to see Jacob. Tommy, Ireland. Kaiser, Roman, always a pleasure, Roman.
Yes. Roman's going to go to Italy. Yes. That's going to be very nice. We're, we need four more. I think four or five more people to make sure we can do it. So if you're not interested in it, get interested in it. No. It's on the uh, website. We have to have it because it's, you know, it's like a tour type thing. So we got to get a certain amount of people. You got to the end of the month. Yeah. And remember, the way I used to go on trips is I always bought the ticket first. I never planned a trip and then bought the ticket. I just buy the ticket and I always go on the trip. <laughs> How am I going to do it? Well, I found out. It always seems to work out. So we got Rich J from the UK. Nice to see you, Rich. Yes. Stefan on having never left. Always a pleasure. Alex, always a pleasure. The Hudson Valley. Uh, you know, Alex, Mike is over there. Mike Z. Yeah, I just caught you putting some food in there. Mike Z is around. It, it was a cookie. Yeah, I want to see him, but I'm actually going to Seattle in a couple of days, so I'm going to have to wait to back. Well, you'll see when you're back later, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll see you. I'll talk to you from Seattle then next soon. All right, we got Carl. Carl, nice to see you, Carl. We got Kathleen G. There she is. She's in the great outdoors. Looks nice. We got Anne from uh, the UK. Yeah. She's got like a python scarf. That's sort of nice. Yeah. We've got a Zoom user who is anonymous. Walter from the Netherlands. Nice to see you, Walter. Yes. We're going to have to get Walter to Italy for sure. Definitely. I need to have Walter there live. I got to check it out. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I will arrange it tonight, okay? Yes. Good. Yes. We got Amy. Amy K from Seattle. Always a pleasure, Amy. How's everything going? Good? Yeah, good. Thank you. Great. We got a new, a new slipped in. I don't see her, but I can sense her presence. We got Sina, Senna. Uh, uh, who else is here? We got, uh, that's about it. Great. Hey, thank you everyone for today. Uh, yeah, we have uh, daylight saving times here. So we're now, uh, I don't know, is it later? I think it's later. No. Might be Whatever. earlier. Could be. Oh, it's earlier. Oh, that's good. Well, that may be good for Europe. Okay? It may be good for Europe. Yes, it won't be. It won't be so late. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. I'll Thanks see you later. Thanks for staying on a little longer, Paul. I appreciate Thank you, Paul. It. No problem. Adios. Bye-bye.